Yes. We don't want no devils in the house. That's it. Episode 28, ladies and gentlemen. Woo, yo. If you're ever having a if you ever having a day, if you're ever having a time and you need some energy, some a push, you got some you need some perspective about what's really important. You, you, you just want to look to another level. Throw this song on in the background. This is this is Ultra Light Beam by Kanye West from the Life Pablo. Yo, this song right here. He said he's gonna make a gospel album, and if this song don't make you feel the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. Anyhow, I, I just I, I felt like I felt like y'all needed to hear that. Mm. All right. Pray for Paris. Pray for the parents. This is a God's this is a God's dream, is what he's saying. This is a God's dream. This is a God's dream. And the choir comes in. I'ma stop it after this. I'ma stop it after this. We on an ultra light beam. We on an ultra light beam. This is a God's dream. Mm, okay. I'm sorry. I just, that's where I was. That's I just had to I just had to let that ride for a minute. Um Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Episode 28. Uh the idea of manhood. It is five mics. Husband, father, educator, writer, MC. You know, last week I was struggling for an intro and I was like, you know what? Every week I'm an intro with a song that I'm feeling. I'ma just play it in the background for like 15, 20, 30 seconds. Just to just to set the mood, the vibe, the God's dream. This is everything. So um thank y'all for tuning in. Uh there's a lot going on. I'ma hop right in. Hop right out the portion to the episode. Um, visit me, check me out. Make sure you rate, review, and comment on on uh, iTunes podcast on your app, on the computer, whatever, wherever you're listening to this. Just leave me a little comment, leave me a message, give me a thumbs up. Let me know you're listening. Um, so you know, I do this for myself, but I do this because you know, hopefully, y'all get something out of it, and that's really what i that's really what i want i want i want to get something out of it. i want you all to get something out of it so again thanks for tuning in so going right in a lot happened this week a lot there's a lot going on in politics there's a lot going on in music there's a lot going on in pop culture there's a lot going on uh everywhere education i mean everything everything is going on right now um some of the standouts i'm going to kind of mix my um you know, I'm going to try to mix some of my thoughts and just into one stream of thought, I guess. Uh, it's just a lot of violence going on right now. I, I told you, you know, I live in the Washington, D.C. metro area, and um, it's just a lot of senseless violence, man. Like, there's, there's this in the past two weeks, two, three weeks, it's been two 15-year-old boys killed at in the metro and in the subway station in in the middle of the day no less um two 15 year old boys killed completely unconnected stories uh you know the stories aren't related anyway um and just like i think i mentioned a couple weeks ago in the county where i live in prince george's county maryland there's been a lot of just domestic issues um you know husbands boyfriends beating killing you know their wives and their wives family and burning houses down and all sorts of craziness and then uh you know you got the situation with will smith 
the football player, the former New Orleans Saint football player um, in New Orleans getting shot and killed after a some something happened on the road. There's like five different stories and another man shot him up, shot his car up, shot his wife and, and, and killed him over something that happened allegedly on the road. It's just it's just so much craziness going on. And, you know, I, I keep on going back and thinking about, you know, how are we teaching our boys to deal with um you know, to deal with loss. And I think I've I've either said this in this form or on a blog or somewhere, but like, how are we teaching our boys and young men to deal with the loss that happens in our lives on a daily minute-to-minute basis? And I'm not, I'm not talking about actual, like, oh, I lost something or I lost a game or I lost a competition. I'm talking about when things don't go your way that's a loss right like every time you're confronted with something and you have to confront something and it doesn't go your way that's a loss you know so if you wake up in the morning and stub your toe you just lost that one you know if you're in traffic and someone cuts you off that's a loss you know if 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 you're expecting something and it doesn't happen that's a loss so how are we teaching boys and young men to deal with constant loss you know what i'm saying um, there's so many messages of, of winning and, you know, you got to win to be great that I don't think we're teaching our boys enough about, um, about what to do when things don't go your way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I always say when I talk to young boys, like, it's not when you lose. It's not if, it, 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 I'm sorry, it's not if you lose. It's not if you fail when I'm talking to students about going to college. I, I always preface it like when you fail. When you fail a class, when you fail a quiz, when you fail a project, you're going to fail. The, the, the key in life is how you bounce back from that failure. I was just having a conversation online with my girl, just like, you know, when you hit that rock bottom, how will you respond? And I think what we're seeing now in, in society is that these little losses, whatever those losses are, whether it's somebody tagged over your graffiti or somebody stepped on your shoe or somebody's wearing the same outfit as you or somebody said something about your hair or somebody you know whatever it is whatever you perceive as a loss when these things happen our reactions these young men and their reactions are, are so extreme why 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 is the reaction to whatever it is to kill someone i don't I don't understand that logic. So I think we have to do better as as mothers, as fathers, as nieces, as, as uncles, as, as, you know, aunts, as grandmas and grandfathers to teach our kids about how to deal, what's the appropriate way to respond to loss. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm saddened by all of it. But at the same time, you know, I feel like it's an opportunity. It's, it's this constant stream of learning opportunities for young boys and girls now to deal with loss and so just you know keep that in the forefront of your mind parents aunties uncles grandmas and all them like just as you talk to your kids as much as you want them to be successful and you praise them in their success you know we have to teach our kids about what it feels like to lose and to you know to to strike out and no one's there to hug you you know what i'm saying like you know, it's so funny because my sons plays baseball and baseball is like a great sport. Even if you don't like to watch it on TV, it's good for boys and girls because 
you know, no matter how hard you try, if you go try to kill that ball, there's going to be someone there to catch it or you might strike out. And in that moment, after you try so hard, you swing for the fences and you swing and it almost gets to the fence and someone catches it. In that moment, it's like such a life lesson. And you see how boys and girls deal with loss when that out happens or when they swing and miss and they have to walk back to the dugout. What happens in that moment? You know, my wife always wants to jump up and go give my son a hug. She used to, not anymore, because we deal, we know what to do now. She used to always want to jump up. He's crying. Go give him a hug. Go, go talk to him. And I'm like, no, he needs to feel that. He needs to feel that L. Like, take that L. Feel it. Stomach it. Taste it. Swish it around in your mouth. Spit it out. And get better. You know what I'm saying? And, and learn from your mistakes. So... Anyhow, that's really not what I'm talking about this episode, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, so we had that this week, uh, the whole Will Smith thing. Um, what's going on in music this week? So N.W.A., uh, the the hip-hop group N.W.A., was inducted into the Washington, Washington, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Allen Iverson was inducted into uh, the NBA Hall of Fame this uh, last week, I believe, actually. Um, to me, their induction into those into those halls are so symbolic and just are is awesome, I think. Um, NWA, you know, what they represent, you know, people are saying it's not rock and roll. You got Gene Simmons from KISS, uh, the rock group KISS talking out the side of his face and he wished hip-hop would die. He's already on the wrong side of history. Hip-hop is 40 years strong and getting stronger and then integrated into every aspect of popular culture. And he's talking about he wants hip-hop to die. Gene, Gene, Gene. Oh, poor thing. Go take a seat in your geriatric chair. Gene, stop. You sound ridiculous and stupid and ignorant and like you've taking a rack of L's. Go take a seat, sir. Um, you know, but I think it's it, it, it's worth a good argument. I was, I was talking with my boys over text, my, my frat brothers over text, about, you know, should there be a hip-hop Hall of Fame? Um, and I think in an ideal world, yes, but I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not just for rock and roll music. Like, First of all, rock and roll music, there's no such thing. And like rock and roll music is 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 a vibe. It's 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 a it's a music that goes against whatever established music is there. You know, society and our culture, our European dominated Western culture likes to take things and make it their own. So we've, you know, established rock and roll as the goal. Like Every artist should want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That means you've made it. That means that you've accomplished something. And that's just not the case. So, I mean, yeah, there should be a Hip Hop hip hop Hall of Fame. And I'm sure there will be. Um, but in the meantime, the greats, the NWAs, the Jay-Zs, the Biggies, the Pacs, um, the, the, the Public Enemies, the Africa Bombadas, maybe, uh, depending on what's going on with them. I won't even go into that. Um, those guys should be in the hall in in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because if there's anything, rap is rock and roll. Like 
in terms of how rock and roll was started and what it meant and the anti-religious sentiment and just going against the doo-wop music like that's what hip-hop is and has been so um there was that this week uh what else happened this week in hip-hop oh if you haven't i don't remember if i talked about this last week or not big sean and uh your girl janae Iko released a cd this week or last week called 2088 it's a compilation cd they they formed a a, a group of sorts um sonically i i think it's dope like i think it's a really good album and it's almost like a love rap album you know they're both very very mellow artists like sean is such like the most even tempered and and tempoed rapper in history probably and janae is a smooth sultry you know seductress vibe and them together is just super laid back but on the low sean is spitting like sean is very much rapping on this album just his content is all relationship based which i think is so so amazing and hard to do like it's easy to rap about all the things everybody else raps about you know how dope you are all the girls you have all the drugs all the guns how you know how tough and everything um how many tattoos you have but it's hard to rap about a relationship and make it sound like from an audio perspective make it sound as good as sean does so um i give him big 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 props on that um big sean was my first interview as a fake journalist um when i when i used to write for the the washington hip-hop examiner um you know just kind of a thing i i I registered for online and they somehow accepted me and i was writing you know doing hip-hop articles for an online um magazine and uh, i was able to utilize my credentials to interview big sean you know this is this is right before his first album dropped and just the coolest dude you know but laid back super you know just friendly and real and honest and we had a great conversation about music education you know fatherhood all that stuff so um definitely definitely good to see them two together uh i'm gonna come back well let me see hold on let me make sure we discussed everything needs to be discussed music wise pop culture wise um what else is going on in the news i think that's it for now the important stuff uh we talked about fife a few weeks ago um i think that's it that anything happened with kendrick kendrick performed a dope set at the ncaa tournament shout out to who won that game was it villanova i don't even remember see that's that's what happens um that's what happens with this the cycle that we're in social media like you forget things that happened four days ago i don't even remember who won the ncaa game um but yeah everything is going well and i'll be right back with the main segment of today today we're talking all things black girls rock black girls rock we're talking about that today uh put it into perspective and just talk about how it connects to my life um this is all about me Uh, No, but uh, just how it connects, how I relate to it and just some things that have been recently been coming into uh, into my field of vision and are super relevant to me right now. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back after the break uh, with a little bit of that uh, black girl magic. Hold tight. Panda, 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 panda. Yo. 
I'm back. I got bros in Atlanta. If y'all haven't heard another hip hop joint, if y'all haven't heard, this is super late for some of y'all hip hop heads out there. But there's a dude named Designer. Y'all probably heard of him. He's out of Brooklyn. He sounds just like Future. Uh, he has a song named Panda. You're going to hear it. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be one of the songs of the summer. Just remember where you heard it third, because I'm sure you, you've heard it already. Um, but Black Girls Rock. So I wasn't going to talk about this this week because I was. I'm still going to process the sex episode with Danielle on the podcast. I confirmed we're doing that next week. So tune in for that. I wanted to do it this week, but then, I, you know, Black Girls Rock came on on Monday or Tuesday. I don't on Monday. And uh, no, last week. I don't remember when it came on. Um, but let me give you some history. So. Black Girls Rock, I think this was the 10, 10 year anniversary of Black Girls Rock. So for those that stole the view that, that aren't really familiar, it's a movement started by, I don't know her name, um, but it's a movement that, that started by a woman, um, I believe she's out of New York. Um, I'll find it out by the end of the episode because I always like to you know make sure people have their, their props and I'm giving correct information. Um, but it was a movement that started to um, in the United States to, to help Black girls find a sense of, uh, and to keep a sense of pride, a sense of, uh, of empowerment and empowering um, black girls because there's so many, um, there's so many negative messages and the imagery of black girls um, are extremely dichotomized in the United States. Um, I think... This is just me talking. This is not coming from the Black Girls Rock people or the Black Girls Rock camp. But, I mean, I think it's very obvious that black women are um, extremely... Um, it, it's just a very dichotomized view. I mean, I think in many communities, they're viewed as pillars of strength, as the cornerstone of the black family... Um, I think that there are tremendous examples throughout history of black girls that black girls, black women that are tremendous leaders and just uh, tremendous figures in history and culture and music and art and academia and science. I mean, we can list the name a mile long. But within the United States, there's also uh, uh, a view of black women that might be seen as submissive, uh, might be over-sexualized. Um, you know, there's the whole misogyny piece with hip hop. There's, uh, you know, objectified in all aspects of media um, and then not viewed as beautiful in terms of... Um, how some of the Western culture looks at black women. So we have this dichotomy where it's like on some levels, black women are looked at as this amazing, you know, next to God like creature. And then in some areas, black women are, um, are objectified and made to look less than. Um, and so black girls rock was created to give young girls in particular, you know, a place to see role models and a place to see, you know, women that are doing some amazing things 
girls and women that are doing amazing things in different areas. So it's not just entertainment. It's, you know, it's, it's within the activist community. It's in, you know, inventions and science and technology and math. It's TV. It's uh, across the board. And so um, the movement was started 10 years ago and uh, founded by Beverly Bond. That's her name. I'm looking up some things right now just so I can make sure that you know, people are well informed of the movement because it's it's super critical and it's super uh, important. So um, throughout the year, I think Black Girls Rock does different workshops for girls all around the country. And that's great. And so I've been watching Black Girls Rock because, you know, in terms of the awards show, um, because it's, it's just a great thing. And, and, you know, you always watch it just for who's going to perform and who's going to be there. But every year, son... Every year I'm watching BGR and I, as a man, as a guy, like I rec I'm recognizing my privilege. You know, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Like I'm acknowledging my privilege as a man, but I'm sitting there fuming mad because I'm like, yo, why isn't there something like this for boys? Like, can't we all acknowledge and agree on some level, on many, many levels, on all levels that in our day and age, in 2016, who really needs this? You know what I'm saying? Like, who, who really needs this kind of affirmation, this kind of empowerment? Like, boys really need this. Not saying that girls don't, but like that's how, like that's literally the conversation I'm having with myself as I'm watching the episode so i'm like oh this is so it's like it's so dope and it's like yo this is freaking amazing like i'm excited literally i'm watching with chills like yo can you know in the years past when i didn't have a daughter you know i'd be like yo if i had a girl like i would make sure she's sitting down like she gets to stay up late tonight and watch black girls rock and now that i have a daughter you know she's three so she, you know in terms of imagery she might not understand it but i'm like yo i can't wait till she gets old enough to be able to watch it and we're just gonna have a moment and just be proud and we're gonna give but i'm like i have a son who watches this and sees the commercials like how come there's no black boys rock and i don't you know i can give him the answer i just gave you but uh, it doesn't really equate to an eight-year-old nine-year-old anyhow so i watched the show and i'm fuming like yo who who can i call right now to make sure like i gotta do this so like in those moments like leading up to the show during the show after the show i'm like i'm super typing up notes i'm like all right we're gonna do this and we're gonna i'm gonna reach out to this person's camp and i'm gonna do this da -da -da -da, and ah, this is crazy like it's ridiculous that boys don't have this da -da -da, every year every year every year and i'm like Arr! you know and um but it, it, it's from a place of admiration. I think it's from a place of jealousy. I'm going to be extremely honest. Like, I'm I'm man enough to say, like, my anger is not about the fact that there's a Black Girls Rock show. My anger is the fact that there's, there, I wish there could be leaders and a figurehead within the, 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 the male community, specifically the Black male community, to do something like this. So in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what what would we acknowledge? Like, you know, it might not be, it might not be as powerful to, to, 
to have a whole bunch of R&B male singers, you know, sing about love and about, oh, believe in yourself, young brother, to have Tank singing Anthony Hamilton. That That's not going to work for boys. So I'm thinking in my head, like, yo, we could have Wale come out there and do a couple spoken word pieces about, you know, being a man and failing and bouncing back from failure. And then we could have, you know... Chance the rapper, and we can have Kendrick come out, and 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 we can have Kendrick come out and do that. And so, you know, also understanding that boys and girls learn differently. And so, this is me. So this this is the conversation that I go through in my head every year when Black Girls Rock come on, and it's out of pure admiration for how Miss um, Bond has completely done this thing on her own you know started it and and made it into what it is today um so but with all that i say but um you know in a lot of the things i talk about on the show and the examples i give in terms of my uh role as a parent as a father is in relation to my son, you know? And so I'm, I'm, of course, as, as I would be, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on the relationship between a father and a son. And, you know, in terms of these formative years, like I mentioned a few episodes ago, like I want to make sure that my presence in my son's life, you know, at age nine is like the most and is consistent and is powerful. And, and, and that's great. But with Black Rock, with Black Girls Rock airing this week, you know, I really took some time to think about um, my relationship with my daughter. And, you know, my daughter is like, I remember when it was just my son, right? When, when my wife and I just had my son and, you know, I... As a, as a dad, like, I'm very, very, like, I'm rock consistent. You know, I, I show emotion when emotion is necessary. Um, when it comes to discipline, like, I'm very hands-on. You know, it, I, I'm, I, I try not to be, like, an emotional leader in the house. Like, I just try, like, I'm consistent, like, this is what dad says. This is why dad says it. And boom, boom, boom. And don't, you know, this is what it's going to be. And I'm going to look at you in the eye. I'm going to make sure you understand it. And I'm going to send you on your way. Like, it's very linear when it comes to how I was thinking the type of father I was going to be. And it has been very linear in my relationship with my son. You know, I could tell him, yo, do this. Then this, what, what, don't, hey, look, why? Because I need you to do this, and here's why, I'll explain it to you, come back to me if you have any questions, keep it moving, good night. If you did something I didn't like, you know, I've always said, you know, people always make fun of me, so that was too hard, but I'm very hands-on, so I don't know if I've ever, I probably spanked him once or twice, maybe, but I'm very hands-on, so like, I won't spank, but so that he knows the emphasis of 
uh, and the importance of whatever it is we're talking about, like I will grab him by the collar or I'll, you know, grab his arm so that he knows that whatever we're going through is serious right now. Like my voice isn't going to be able to give the, the power of this moment. So, you know, from when he was a baby, like I made sure he knew the power of his dad, like the physical power. And I think that that's something that moms can't do. You try and it's cute when they're young, but boys need to know from the jump who, you know, when it comes to this space, this right here is my swag. Let me stop. No, like, this, like this is, this is mine. Okay. And I'm in control here. And if I need to, you know, mush you in your head to the beat of whatever I'm saying, then you're going to understand. So this is me, but you're going to understand that what's going, you know what I'm saying? So that's just how I, that's, that's just me. And I do it in a way because I'm an educator that they're going to learn from. And it, there's never an issue of, oh, I heard him. Oh, he's going to be fine. Right. So anyhow, long story short, long story longer. I mean, um, I always said when we found out we were having a girl, everybody's like, oh, she you're going to be so soft and she's going to have you wrapped around your finger. Da, 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 da. And I was like, you don't know me, B. Like, I'm not emotional like that. Like, I, you know, I love my kids and there might be times when, you know, whatever's going on in the situation, I go back after the fact when I'm by myself and I think about, yo, I might get, you know, like, damn, that, that was that touched me. You know, I might do that behind closed doors but when it comes down to making things happen and getting things moving i'm gonna be super uber consistent and the same way i raised my son this was me back in the day the same way i raised my son is the same way i'm gonna raise my daughter son and that's what it is you know and i was just very adamant about that like i was super structured about the fact that my daughter was going to get the same toughness from me as my son, right? Remember, this is all in the confine, the constructs of Black Girls Rock. This is the, all this has me thinking about all this, right? And so, you know, as my daughter, you know, she's three now. And as she's grown up, like, it, it, it's easy to be that rock that I was talking to you about with my son. It was easy to do that when she couldn't really communicate as much with me you know when she's one or you know a few months two just learning how to talk and communicate you know being like i'm still a playful dad like i still get on the ground and you know we still wrestle we still hug we still throw the ball at each other we still you know do all these things but it's like now she's three she's almost four and it's like I see a change happening and it's making me feel real tender right now. Like it's making me feel like I, I just don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that dad that who I don't want to be the dad whose daughter has him wrapped around her finger. I will not be that dad. I don't care. Like y'all can say all you want, but I'm not going to be that guy. But I see how that's very easy to happen because my daughter, when she looks at me, y'all like 
there's just so much I see in her eyes that's like it's so different like I just can't emphasize how different it is than my son it's fascinating to me like I love differences in people like I love like looking at situations like just the natural raw emotion and how people react to certain things I love seeing it unfold right and I, you know, I study people in that way and so you know my son is just very surface so you know what he's feeling you're gonna see it and he doesn't really rise and fall too much he's kind of like you know he's kind of even and I love that about him. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't get riled up about much, doesn't get excited, doesn't really get down too much. Um, if anything, he's probably in a lower level. I could tell he's probably going to be an introvert. But my daughter. Yo, I, you know, I'm getting to the, she's at the age now where, like, we have to reprimand her. You know what I mean? Like, she'll do stuff that she knows she's not supposed to do, or she'll be disobedient on some level. You know, just like, hey, we told you not to touch that, and you touched that, and I told you not to. Now, you need to go sit down over there. Like, that's would be me. This would be me and my son. Like, look, I told you not to touch that, okay? Look at me in my eye. I told you not to, look at me. This is me and my boy. Look, hey, right here. I told you not to touch it. Now go sit down. And he would walk away and he would go sit down. Easy. I'm wiping my hands. My daughter, Brooklyn, I told you not to touch that. But daddy, Brooklyn, but daddy, I would, Brooklyn, but daddy, oh my God, Brooklyn, I'm talking. I said, but daddy, I was just trying to, why am I, uh, why am I arguing with you? Like, but then she'll do it in a way that's like, oh, my heart, I can't. Oh, just give me a hug. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's the craziest, the craziest thing. Right? And then she'll look at me. And in her eyes, it's like, whatever you say, Dad. I love you anyway. Like, that's how she's looking at me. Like, she's looking at me with such, like, admir not, not even admiration. It's not admiration, because she doesn't know what to admire yet. Uh, it's, it's, it's something different. It's like, she's hanging on to everything I'm saying and, like, taking everything I... So, here's an example. Like, my son, if I yelled at him, or if I whispered at him, it didn't matter. It was all about what I was saying. So if I said, boy, go up to your room right now and clean it up. Or if I said, go up to your room and clean it up. He wouldn't respond anyway, either time. Like it, he would go to his room and clean it up. But if I, I it, with, with, the, with my daughter, it's not about what I say, it's how I say it. So she's looking at me differently. She's looking at my face and the nonverbals for context. What? Who, how, do you, how do you combat against that? She's looking at me for nonverbals at three years old. Trying to contextualize all that where like my son, I could have just been stabbed 
And he still asked me for a Rice Krispie treat. Like, he'd be like, oh, dad, there's blood, but can I have a Rice Krispie treat? And my daughter would, like, come up and wipe my brow and give me a kiss and make sure I was okay. Like, that is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, this, the past few months, the past maybe half a year or so, like, that connects with my daughter, you know, it, it's powerful, man. It's powerful. And someone on my on my timeline, I don't even think I thought about this. Someone on my timeline, because I, I put a, a comment on my Facebook status about how, uh, you know, just watching my daughter and just looking at her, like, I'm just like, oh, oh. I'm just like, I, I, you can't see what I'm doing, but... It's a look that Denzel Washington was sometimes given his movies when he's shocked and he's looking at someone kind of shaking his head like a little bobblehead, like, oh, you dirty mother. Like, that's a, like that's how we looking at her. Like, you little, you emotional little what? I ought to just give me a hug, girl. Come here. Like, that's the type of, but I'm fighting that because I'm trying to be daddy and when it comes to dad i really believe this still a little bit that like it doesn't matter if you're crying it doesn't matter what it is if you come to dad with a problem it's gonna get solved and dad's gonna give you direction on what to do next and i don't want none of that stuff mixed up because you're crying a few little tears you better wipe the wipe those tears up Suck it up and get out of here. That's what I would tell my son. Now, my I just don't know, man. I, I'm learning. The, the, the long story short is that I'm learning. And um, what I'm learning already is that it's going to be remarkably different. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be remarkably different. And it's something that I need to experience. And someone told me that, um, someone told me that, you know, the things that I look at in my daughter that make me so emotionally all over the place are the things that I love about my wife. So the things I love about my wife are the things I see in my daughter that, like, melt my heart. Because, like, you're seeing it in this pure, uncooked, cut, raw, like, fashion. You know, whereas my wife might be, you know, she's more packaged and you know things have been uh i don't say itemized but things have been you know she's an adult and she could process that and she could pull and put things into different compartments and express in certain ways and hide things in other ways but with my daughter like she doesn't have those buttons so whatever she's feeling is right there so when she loves me and she's like so happy to see me and you know i walk in and she'll say like, anybody that has kids knows that, especially the dad, like, when you see that, like, when you see, uh, when you, when you after a long day, you come in, you kiss, daddy, ah, that stuff you see in the movies, and, it, and it's amazing, um, but when she does it, when my daughter does it, like, she really means it, she really means, like, oh my God, my God is here like she really like yo she's 
like she gets so excited and she can't even speak to tell me, Daddy, Daddy, I, 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 yeah, and, and like, I'm like, Brooklyn, calm down. Like, yo, like she just saw a beetle or something. Anyhow, any, like, I say all that to say that having a daughter is, is special and I'm scared of it. I'm scared as hell because I'm going to have to use or build the skills of dealing with a little person, a little girl that are so remarkably different than dealing with a little boy. And it's not better or worse, but it's just different. And the way that she will express her love or hatred, because I know it's coming, because everybody likes to tell me, oh, she loves you now, wait till she's a teenager. No shit, like, no kidding. All teenagers hate their parents. I'm waiting for it, and I'm ready. I work with teenagers every day, and I'm ready for that. But, um, <laughs> you know, at this point, it's so raw. It's so uncut. And, uh, you know, the next couple years are going to, the next, I mean, Lifetime is going to be amazing, but I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take it step by step, but loving my little daughter, loving my little black girl is, um, is, has me in a place that's like, you know, whenever anybody, I, I know I'm starting to start a lot of, a lot of sentences here, but a lot of times when, when people talk about their daughters, like they'll talk, people talk about their children, right? And I'm like, oh, my son, he's awesome. You know, he's such a good kid. You know, he 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 does great in school. And, you know, I just love watching him, you know, grow into a young man and watch, play sports, interact with his friends. And, you know, that's how people talk about their sons. But when people talk about their daughters, they always tear up. And I never understood why. Like, Yo, what, a, what are you crying for, son? But I see because, like, when... Sometimes now, and there's nothing like we haven't, you know, she's three. I, yo, my daughter, when my daughter looks at me and I see like the hope and the, the, the desperation, like she just wants to be close to me. And I see that in her eyes and I'm like, yo, this is too much. <laughs> so I see why people like tear up when they talk about their daughter so all that to say she's gonna hear this you know 20 years from now be like oh my god my dad is so stupid um but you know i love my daughter differently i love my son i love them both with all of my heart um but my daughter mm, is all and this is only just the beginning so i'm looking forward to it and not at the same time but um thank y'all i know it's a long episode thank y'all for tuning in uh and uh next week We'll continue the conversation with my wife, Danielle, and we're going to have her in. So thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll holler at y'all in about 10 days, not work from you.